0: Hundreds of people with just one click. Less headaches, more than payroll. Visit more than payroll.com. News analysis and opinion. It's the Elijah Har Show on 933 and AM560, KWTO.
1: I'm so excited about our next guest. We have with us an investigator, someone you've never heard of, but he has been doing a ton of work for the last 20 years on behalf of taxpayers, Tom Jones. Welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks so much for having me on. I'm uh, really looking forward to it.
1: Oh, yeah. Thanks for calling in. It's great to hear your voice. We haven't talked probably in almost 10 years, but Tom and I used to work together on the Hill. Now he is running an organization called the American Accountability Foundation, which they do my favorite thing. They expose secrets. I hate secrets. I hate the government having secrets. Um, so we're going to talk about that in a minute, but we have a tradition on our show, Tom. We do a question of the day. It's related to nothing that we're actually talking about usually, but it's just kind of a fun get-to-know-you thing. So today's question of the day is, do you have a famous family member or who is the most famous member of your family?
0: Oh goodness. I, I you know, I, I don't think I actually have any famous family members that I can claim for a hundred percent. There's like, you know, the family story that somehow somebody that signed the declaration of independence we can find way back in the in the Bland family in Virginia, but I, I yeah you know, I think it's more apocryphal than anything else. So uh, I don't necessarily have any more r- famous family members, but uh, I've been living with the Tom Jones name for for fifty years <laughs> yes. now. So it's been some version of "Can you sing for me?" or "Hey hey, pussycat!" for, for yes. five decades. So I, I this is Elijah. I, I I'll admit I had to explain to Joelle who the real Tom Jones was because she's like, we're gonna have this
1: guest on, and I made a joke, and she's like, I don't know who this person is. <laughs> Uh yeah, you may, in fact, be the most famous member uh, of your family, even though, like I said, all the work that you've done, it's kind of we like to lay under, you know, under the surface to get this kind of investigative work done. But um, we would love to hear about the foundation and sort of tell us about sort of how you got into doing the foundation.
0: Sure. So I used to work on campaigns. I was, you know, the opposition researcher guy. I was the guy that, you know, dug up information on either my clients or their opponents and put together reports and and helped kind of tell a story about candidates. Um, And I enjoyed that. I did it for a long time. That was after I was an investigator on the Hill. And kind of you're running up to the 2020 election. I took a survey of conservative movement. We had a lot of good guys running foundations doing policy papers and kind of think tanks, but we didn't really have any investigative infrastructure, particularly with a focus on people. I saw kind of during the Trump administration, the left had groups all over the place that whenever there was a nominee coming up, they had full background investigations done. They had information ready for the committees and our guys were getting mauled. They were unprepared. They didn't have that background. And I didn't see anything that was going to do the same thing when the Biden administration uh, started staffing up the administration. So what I did is I, I got together with some people who had uh, similar background as mine. I said, well, look, we need this capability. We need to be able to look into the people, the people that Biden is putting into into senior positions in federal government, particularly Senate-confirmed positions. So we built up the American Accountability Foundation. We stood it up in, uh, in March of 2021. And our focus from then has been relentlessly focusing on investigations and relentlessly focusing on the people. I'm a big believer in, in Jim Collins' Um, idea that you got to get the good people on the bus and the bad people off the bus. AAF's focus is getting the bad people off the bus so that we have a government that serves the American people, not the special interests. So that's that's how we got stood up, and that's kind of been our focus for uh, really the last three years.
1: I love that book, Good to Great. Fantastic reference. Maybe next time the question of the day will be about a book recommendation. But um, I love that concept, and uh, you're right. I mean, this administration... Really, all of them, both regardless of party, um, they have bad apples. But the problem is, the American people never know about it. So, walk us through. You guys were able to take down a Biden nominee recently. So, walk us through. Like, how did you do the research, and then how did that play out?
0: Yeah, so we've taken out a lot. So we'll, you know, some of the most recent person that we've helped push out a a government is uh, this woman Ann Carlson, who was the. Uh, the administrator of the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. And I want to kind of pause there with that agency because what AAF is really focused on is what we like to call the trigger pullers of big government. These are not the cabinet secretaries. These are the people kind of one and two levels below that do the day in day out work of building big government of increasing regulations and really restricting the freedom of american people so we wanted to focus on those people and we do the soup to nuts investigation it's you know ann carlson was at at ucla so we were pulling emails from ucla we were doing we were into the property she owned in los angeles investigating that we were finding that she had a lot of uh of violations of of tax payments as well as um safety violations in a rental unit she had things that would have sunk a, 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 a Trump nominee. So we go out and we put together, you know, I don't like the word dossiers. Cause that sounds kind of like all, you know, spy thriller stuff. And that's not really what we're doing. We're putting together background reports and then we're sharing them with reporters, with staffers on the Hill so that they can really fully build out uh, the questioning of the nominee. And for Carlson, you know, she was, she was never able to get confirmed. She got pushed back into the agency as a civil servant and eventually had to leave because she didn't have that heft of a Senate confirmation. And as you know, that's a big deal when you've been Senate confirmed. That's, you know, it's a, it's a legitimate seal of approval from the United States Senate. If you don't have that, you're really hobbled and you don't have the juice within the administration to really push the initiative. So Carlson just left uh, a few weeks ago. Look, this isn't just us. We've got, you know, champions on the Hill, Ted is Mike Lee's, those kind of guys um, who are really, you know, driving this, but we're we really want to be that tool that says, hey, we're going to go in and do that deep dive research that nobody else does. Um, but we've been doing that with a lot of people, ATF, Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, all of these kind of alphabet soup of agencies that most people have never heard of that have a really negative impact on, uh, on Americans' lives. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't end in D.C. You've got a lot, of st- a lot of bad stuff, a lot of bad people in state government. I would love to talk about that a little bit, too.
1: Oh, yeah, I love that idea. We will definitely get to that but you're right. A lot of Capitol Hill staffers are sort of just trying to stay afloat, staff their boss on whatever's happening. And it is hard um, unless the member itself cares about and hires extra people to do deep dives. It's really hard to get that information. So I think having you guys dedicated to that. But yeah. I have read that this has not come without consequence that the Biden IRS launched an audit into you guys. So clearly... You know, if they're what do they say? Like, if the devil's coming after you, you're doing something right.
0: Yeah, if you're not taking flack, you're not over the target, and that's yeah. that's, I think exactly so, what we're seeing with this IRS audit.
1: Yeah, what are they doing?
0: Yeah, so I mean, it is. Um, we're in the initial stages of it, but it's a it's a pretty extensive examination of what we've been doing, and how we've been running the foundation, um, and focusing on, uh, you know, our records. But what was particularly concerning to us is. We got the request from the IRS, and it wasn't just, hey, you know, give us your accounting ledger and, you know, your bank information, all that. It was also asking us about our communications about elected officials, and that really told us that this was political. This wasn't like, you know, hey, are you sending out, you know, your your tax forms on time? This is about, we don't like what you're saying, and, and we don't like who you're saying it about, and it's really... I think there's one person I think who, who gets most of the blame for this, it's Sheldon Whitehouse from Rhode Island, who has made it his life's goal to weaponize the IRS against nonprofit organizations, but only against nonprofit organizations on the center right. The Pro Publicas of the World, the Accountables.us, those groups get no oversight and no focus from Sheldon Whitehouse. It's, you know, my group and, and groups like the other groups like ours. That that have the IRS coming in and doing this audit and look, I you know, I had a friend of mine tell me when we were kind of talking about this at the beginning of the process. And she said, "Look, the process is the punishment. You're probably not going to lose your C three status, but you're going to spend tens of thousands of dollars. You're going to spend hundreds of hours of time, and you're going to get diverted from from what your focus is." And that you know, look, part of, part of that's true. Like, I, there, I, you know, I got to sit on phone calls with the IRS and go over stuff that's time I'm not doing calling people that used to work with nominees to find out information about whether somebody's qualified for the position that they're holding. Um, so really the process is the punishment. I think we're going to be okay. We've been above board. We have highly professional accountants and lawyers advising us. I don't think we did anything wrong, um, but we're going to, you know, look, I, we're a small foundation. We're about $900,000 a year. We're going against a multi-billion dollar federal agency. And it's uh, it's pretty daunting And what, you know, I'll be okay. I got a lot of people who support me. What I'm really worried about is the small foundation in a local county that's investigating its school board because they're concerned about CRT in their local public library, and they get slapped with this and they don't have the resources to fight back, and that's how those people get shut down. That's part that's a large part of why we're fighting back against the IRS and not taking it laying down.
1: I mean, it's it's really outrageous. You guys have been around three years. Clearly you made some people angry, but I mean It's definitely a harassment type thing. And I think you had a couple senators come to your defense.
0: Yeah, J.D. and Mike Braun were on top of this right away, because I think they realized that this is, you know, this is just another symptom of this increased weaponization of government. And, you know, if they can come after us and look, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big deal, but like I've worked in Washington for the better part of 20 years. So like, I, you know, I, I have a way to fight back on this. But if they can come after us and they can knock us down, they're going to go knock down the little guy. Uh, and Vance and Braun were all over that pushing back against it. And really, um, kudos to them because we need that kind of support that says, hey, look, this is this is political and the U.S. Senate not going to not going to let it pass without uh, pushback.
1: All right. Tell me about your state level work.
0: Yeah. So what? You know, again, we're people-focused, and what's really concerning to me is kind of the the levels of state government and various boards and commissions that are staffed and led by really people who no one has ever heard of. And what we what have we been seeing across the country and Missouri as well is that you have you know medical boards, licensing boards, pension boards, um, university boards in particular that are that the the nominees never get any scrutiny and what we what we're regularly seeing even in good red states is that governors are pushing through people who are leftists who are you know we're seeing diversity activists in universities and licensure boards who republicans are appointing and they're doing it because they just you know these offices are generally pretty small that are that are reviewing the boards and commissions and they don't scrutinize these people they get a name recommended by somebody and they just go okay the university boards that's often like good old boy network. Hey, it's a booster. He's got a lot of money, and they put him on a university board, and that guy does nothing to look at the you know, DEI VP that is you know, pushing racially divisive policies at the law school, medical school, engineering school. These guys get in there, and they do nothing to fight back against because what they want to do is they want to be on the board of the university. They want to go to football games. They want to hang out with their friends. That's not the type of people we need leading our universities, um, and it's it's really problematic. So we started looking into those people. Obviously, it's a ton of people to look at, all the boards and commissions, 50 different states. Um, it's a lot of work to do, but, again, it's kind of these trigger pullers of big government. It's the people down in the bowels of these these boards and commissions that do the, the work of big government that we, we don't know about.
1: Um, I've been looking through your, you know, recent news, and i got to tell you, one from— Last summer jumped out to me about your work about the agenda of the American Library Association. Uh, Can you yeah. talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, and so you know, we're very government focused, but we also understand that the left's agenda doesn't and doesn't end with just uh, governmental institutions. They want to capture civil society, and part of what they they went after is the American Library Association. And this, they saw this as a tool to indoctrinate children and to really drive culture and the american library association is the the only professional association for librarians so what they said is say look if we can if we can make the recommendation for the books in nelson county public library or baltimore county public library that's direct access to kids and what they really started pushing was it was it was pornography essentially um and they were putting in the K through 5 section in the libraries and it was really this explicit kind of transgender and and LGBTQ ideology and really explicit work um so what we started focusing on um, was the leadership of the organization and saying look these people are out of step the the president of the American Library Association is literally she's bragging about being a marxist is this the kind of person who you want to to be making the recommendations for what your kid reads and you know, when I went to the library when I was young, like I, that was where I went after school. I did my homework. I looked at some books and kind of did that before I went to wrestling practice. That's what happens now as well. And these librarians who are pushing this kind of woke pornography have unsupervised access to your children for a lot of time, and that's why we were really concerned about it. Um, and we've, you know, we've really made life difficult, I think, for Emily Drabinsky and really highlighted that these are not the people running the American Library Association are not your, you know, little bespectacled librarian, little old lady helping you, you know, find something in the stacks. They're really vile, aggressive activists.
1: I mean, that is that is some really good work and definitely something I think a lot of us care about, but again, it's like it falls into the category of, you know, you, you don't know till you know. So, yeah. for, you know, for people who live in the middle of Missouri and care about this stuff, but you know, they're not really doing, like, their own research to produce stuff. You know, what is your advice for people who care about government spending or care about these issues? What is a way that they can be involved or things that they can do to raise these issues?
0: Yeah, and so, one, you know, reach out to us. We want to be helpful. We want to provide the skill set that helps people do their own research. Um, there's... You know, what I do is, and what the people that work for me do, is is a craft, and there's a way to do it really well. Um, and the people that you're investigating don't want to be helpful. So you have to really have top-flight top research skills um, because the, you know, the folks in your local government, if they can find a way to, to frustrate you on in your investigation, they will. So it's really come to groups like mine and say, look, I'm trying to dig into... Uh, you know, the local property assessment board, or I'm trying to dig into my local school and I want to get some records from them, or I want to understand who this person is, call us and we can help you kind of put together, you know, requests that make sure you get the information you need. Um, But really, you know, it's paying attention to local government. It's showing up. Most people don't show up. So be going, you know, you see an announcement for the local library board, go and listen, because, these lefties, they live in their bubble, and they don't hide this stuff because they just think it's normal. So, if you're in the room hearing this, you're going to get a, a really a better understanding of what the left's trying to do in your community um, than most people around. So, that's you know, do your work well and be aggressive and engaged about it, and get into the into your community. And that's how you're going to change things.
1: I like that advice. You guys have started trying to train congressional staff. How is yeah. that? going. I mean, I always say people would ask me like, "Oh, how do you do this?" Well, you basically have to get lucky and find an enterprising staffer who cares and yeah. and then show them how to do it. So, what what is it? What's it like for you training the new staff and kind of, sort of comparing it to what things were like, you know, when in our heyday when we were doing it?
0: Yeah, and and that's exactly right. Like we, you know, we had Coburn and DeBin and a couple other members who, you know, both said, "I care about oversight, and I'm going to put resources and resources are just almost always people next to it what we've started to say is look we want to we want to help people find a path into oversight nobody you know my experience has been is no one ever comes to the hill and says i want to be an investigator they all come to the hill they want to be legislative assistants they want to be communications people they want to maybe be in fundraising but everybody kind of stumbles into research because they find out that like they actually like doing this work so what we've been trying to do is both introduce people to oversight show them how it can be a force multiplier for their work but then also give them the toolbox of like here's how to write a demand letter to an agency here's how to question a witness you know don't give your boss five minutes of you know written out speech and have him drone on teach him how to ask a question ask a follow-up and ask a third probing question to really expose people and, and kind of get the information out of them so we've had we've had a lot of good uptake on this we've done uh, five of these uh, we take people off campus we lock them in a room and we bring in former staff directors former general counsels and we say here's how you have to do these things. here's how you can be effective here's how you can hold these agencies accountable um, and it's really it's it's paid dividends and we've got a lot of staffers who are like hey i, I want to do this i think it can help my boss um and it's more than just hey writing a letter to you know a committee and then kind of leaving it it's really kind of putting together an oversight agenda that that you know, changes the shape of the debate.
1: Love it. Thank you so much for calling in. Before we let you go, well, and thanks even more for all the work that you're doing. Really appreciate it. And uh, before, before we let you go, how can uh, how can we find you online and track the work that you and your foundation are doing?
0: Sure. So Twitter is the best place, and we are exposing Biden on Twitter. Um, and then our webpage, we, we're posting our reports, we're posting our information, and our webpage is American dash af.org um, and that has all our great information um, and then I'll have my contact information if you uh, you know, want to get to me uh, I'm on there as well but the Twitter is, is where we're putting stuff out every day and then you know our, our home page on the internet um, is putting all our reports up there.
1: Alright well thank you and thanks for calling in.
0: Hey thanks so much for having me on I appreciate it, good talking to you. You too. Alright
1: we'll be right back, we'll answer the question of the day, stick around for that. We'll be